Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and you've checked into Community Concepts, where we examine the connections between employment and the community as a whole. Now, this episode focuses on the younger citizens, particularly ones who may have come across some more difficult times in their lives. An organization in Milwaukee looks to help teens get back on their feet and hopefully find a path toward a successful life. Our guest today, Lori Rungi, is the program director at Walker's Point Youth and Family Center, and she's here to give us some details on their work. Lori, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for having me. Well, it sounds like a very interesting program, and we were talking before the show here about uh, you know some of your experience there. But just to start us off, tell us a little more about your organization, how it got started, and just kind of some of the details. Well, Walker's Point has been around since 1976, oh. kind of in response to... There was a similar program on the north side of town, and during that time, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of crossing the viaduct from north side to south side. Okay. So it was in response to there being an acknowledged need on the south side to work with families in need, um, youth in need, those kinds of things. And our name is derived from the neighborhood that we originated in. Right. We are not currently in Walker's Point. We're actually (laughs) in Clark Square. But, you know, kept the Walker's Point name because then it just became a part of us. So we started with a federally funded runaway and homeless youth shelter. Since then, we've added on a prevention program that works with families and groups. Okay. We also have transitional housing programs for 16, 17-year-old homeless youth as well as 18 to 21-year-old homeless youth. And we have street outreach in partnership with that other shelter in town so that we can reach those kids that might be house hopping, might be homeless, mm-hmm. run away, but unwilling to go to a formal agency or program okay. for help. Sure. Well, I think that's great. I mean, it sounds like you guys have really sort of broadened the horizons a little bit and right. tried to reach out as much as possible. Uh, and I was going to ask, you know, you mentioned some of the terms there, run away, homeless. Um, you, know, you talk about maybe house hopping a little bit, home hopping. When people come in, are you are you labeling them as certain things? Is it more just sort of, you said, an outreach idea, looking to help? I mean, what's sort of the idea there behind everything? We look at all of our clients that come to us basically as being in crisis. Okay. So whether they've run away from home because of whatever's going on, mm-hmm. maybe their parents have kicked them out for sure. what, whatever reasons, or that family just might be dealing with a really rough time and need a break from each other. Mm. So while they stay with us, they can stay a maximum of two weeks. They um, are there with their parents' permission, and hopefully we can bring the parents in for some family therapy to get them back on track, Okay. as well as the youth then have to receive therapy five days a week from our in-house therapists, as well as daily groups twice a day when school's not in session. Okay. So are those sort of, I mean, just the basic requirements, or do you do you take someone in who has run away and they don't have that parental side. Um, you also mentioned, obviously, 18, 21. Right. That's getting, you know, that's adulthood. Uh, how does that all work right. as far as requirements? So the sh- right. The shelter itself is 11 to 17. Our agency as a whole works with youth 11 to 21. Okay. So if they're 18 to 21, they're going to be in that transitional living program. Totally different kind of situation. Sure. That program is geared to youth who don't have the resources maybe to get on their feet. Hmm. So it's a scattered site transitional living program, which means that there are youth out in the communities, in apartments, scattered all over, and they receive services, case management services, independent living skills groups, all of those things they receive from us. So we can have 33 youth 
young adults in apartments at a time. Okay. Some of them are single parents. Some of them are just singles trying to get back on their feet for mm. whatever reason. And so that population is not going to be in the shelter. The shelter is going to be the 11 to 17-year-olds. Right. But we still call them youth. Right. <laughs> because they're still they're still figuring it out. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that definitely makes sense. And I think people can understand sort of where you're coming from with right. designating that way. When it comes to some of the other programs, I mean, you've touched on it briefly a little bit here, programs and services. Can you get into some detail? Uh, you mentioned maybe some therapy, um, maybe what goes into that? What are you looking to accomplish? And maybe any other details you think are, are important to mention when it comes to the, the programs and services you have? Well, we're, we're trying to meet the youth and their family where they're at. Hmm. So trying to figure out what's going on, but also what strengths do they possess to get them beyond that point? What's allowed them to keep going so far? Sure. So that they've been able to survive whatever is going on with them. So it could be conflict with a parent, a sibling. It could be bullying at school. It could be abuse-related, physical, sexual abuse, what, what have you. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure out what's going on and then where to get, how to get them to the next step. So uh, it might involve kind of a safety plan, you know, figuring out, okay, if you're going home and stuff's not going well, who's there to support you? Right. How do you get to the next step? How do you take care of yourself? How do you keep going to school? How do you do these things that are only going to make it better for you in the future? Right. When it comes, you mentioned school, and I think obviously that's an important part. Um, since you're talking about those teenage years and maybe getting into the adulthood side, and of course, we always try to focus it back on the jobs here. Education-wise, are you as a group, as an organization, doing certain things within your organization? Is it more just about helping them wherever they're at, whatever school they're attending? How does that work together? It's a mixture depending on what program they're in. Okay. So if they're one of the youth in the shelter, they have to be going to school and attending. If they're not registered for school, we work with the area school districts to get them back into school, figure those things out. Mm -hmm. There are specific laws, one in particular called the McKinney-Vento Act, which is specifically for homeless youth. So if you have a youth in a shelter, it gets them enrolled in school, even if maybe they don't have their parent with them. Say they've been living with a family member, got sent, you know, shipped up to Wisconsin Mm -hmm. from you know, wherever home might be, Illinois, Mississippi, sure. wherever to live with family. And now they're not getting along with that family member, but okay. they've never been enrolled in school. So we work with the school districts to get them enrolled, get that on track. And like I said, the the federal government has rules, regulations, laws that help get that going mm-hmm. so that they can enroll themselves and not have any kind of hurdles in their way to do that. Okay. The young adults that are in our program, if they're currently in school, we're going to, of course, support them to stay in school and graduate and those things. Otherwise, it's mandatory that they finish their GED and get those things accomplished so that they can be job ready. Right. They can have those skills. You know, of course, if someone gets a job before they get their GED, we're not going to say you need to quit your job. Right. <laughs> but we're then going to try to get them into programs that might have evening GED classes and those kinds of services. So we're referring everybody out yeah. to these appropriate services that they need. No, that's great. That sounds terrific. And uh, you know, I think as you're mentioning here, the different ways you might have to help someone and how it's going to change depending on their age and their specific situation. Right. Uh, I think obviously we're we're trying to cover it all in, in a short right. time, but I appreciate you touching on all those areas. 
You mentioned again with the education side, is there an aspect where you're able to help as far as to that college level? And you mentioned, you know, night classes, GEDs, maybe it's a like a skill enhancement type class. I mean, does that all get included as well? Yeah, we're looking again, that strength space. What are they interested in? Nobody wants to be pushed in a direction that they have no interest in. That's true. So, um, you know, what's the best fit? We've had, you know, young adults from all walks of life as well as all interests. So we've had youth that go to UWM, MATC, Marquette, all kinds of different programs. And again, they're looking just to get on their feet so that they can make something of themselves and they can do it on their own and have that solid foundation. Right. Do you have relationships with local employers and businesses to maybe directly help in that way? Or is there some legal issue to that? Is that difficult? Unfortunately, we don't. We'd love to. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to hone maybe some of those with some local businesses. Okay. Um, but we really put it on the youth as well to look, to put that effort out, to follow up on those connections. Again, because that's going to give them skills right. so that if they lose their job, if they need another job, they know how to get it right. versus having, oh, we have this connection. This person's going to hook you up with mm. the job. We want them to have those skills, you know, just like... Um, you know, we have a list of landlords that they could go f- through for apartments, but okay. we also want them to look for their own apartment as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to be in a certain neighborhood, get on some of the websites, check out to see what's available, if it's in the price range that you need to be at, those kinds of things. Ask the landlord if utilities are included, <laughs> you know, all those skills that bring us to that next level mm-hmm. so that they're not continuing to just kind of take the back seat in their lives so that they can really empower themselves and know once we're out of their life how to do it. Right. How to get that job. Okay, so I suffered a setback, I lost my job or they're cutting my hours or what have you that they can then move on and say, "Okay, this is what I need to do to find the next job." It's always better to look for the next job when you've got that other job on, <laughs> right? You, you don't want to do it yep. when you're already yep. fired or <laughs> Or walk off the job and say, I'm done yep. and move on to the next one. So we really try to you know, develop those skills. The youth in the young adult program, as well as the case management, they attend those life skills groups in regular units. So for eight weeks, we'll talk about employability. Mm-hmm. For another eight weeks, we'll talk about health and wellness. Another eight weeks, we'll talk about extracurricular activities and what they can do to live healthier, get involved in the community and those kinds of things. Right. So they're also learning those things as a group, as they attend groups and get feedback from one another. Maybe somebody just got hired at a temp service or at a restaurant and they are looking to hire more people. So they will let their peers know, hey, this is where you can go to find a job and this is who you can contact. I mean, you make a ton of great points there, especially the idea I love of, you know, making them, in essence, handle their own business. You're obviously there to help and support them and and give them the tools, as you said. But I think that's uh, that's tremendously important, as you mentioned, putting everything in their hands in the end, because something might come up again, as you mentioned. Well, and I look at it as, you know, I was lucky enough growing up that my parents did kind of push me to do that, but they also walked me through some of those things, what Mm -hmm. it meant to fill out a job application, how you approach people about things. And so some of our youth are missing that component. They didn't get that education in their home, in their community of how you have these interactions. So we're 
trying to bring that into their lives so that they understand that, oh, this is how you do these things. Sure. This is this is what you do with a paycheck. <laughs> um, you know, the, this is what a bank account is like. Right. And this is what a checking account is like. <laughs> and, you know, this is how an ATM works so that you're not constantly spending all of your money right. on, right. you know, going out <laughs> and those kinds of things. What would you say is, uh, from your experience, and, and of course you have a, a lot of it and the people you work with, the biggest challenge to making these individuals employable or ready for that next step? Is there something you notice a lot personality-wise or a lack of skill? And again, I know we're generalizing right. a lot here, but maybe something that stands out a lot that you feel is, is really necessary to work on. I think we struggle most with motivation. Okay. Because I can't force you to be motivated. Sure. So um, we really look to see that spark in clients, even when they're interviewing. Is this somebody that I'm going to be struggling with to get out there mm -hmm. and do those job logs and, you know, reach out and sign up for food share and, you know, do these things that are required to get their GED to actually show up and take the tests and and not constantly put it off? Or is this somebody that is already not bringing me the documentation that I, I'm asking them for mm -hmm. and giving me excuses and those kinds of things? So okay. motivation can be really, I think, a struggle for our case managers. It's a struggle for our youth mm -hmm. because you can't just get it out of thin air. And so... Um, I think sometimes it's the lack of the vision that maybe other people have that if if a youth doesn't have the idea of this is what I need to do in order to get where I want to be because they don't even know where they want to be. They don't know what career they maybe want in the future, what they'd be really good at mm -hmm. or those things or maybe people haven't told them what they're good at and so they have no idea. It's really hard to deal with the lack of self-esteem, the lack of motivation, all those kinds of things. Sure. I do want to give you an opportunity. You, you brought in some, uh, you know, some statistics. I don't know if there's anything that we've been talking about that, that you think is pertinent to discuss. Uh, I don't know if the numbers relate to being able to you know, have successful placements, right. helping people as far as employment or, or wherever you want to go with it. But I think sometimes people don't understand maybe you know, the, the quantification of what you guys are doing or what any group is doing when it comes to this. Well, I mean, and it's hard. I mean, because I can say that, for example, 89% of the residents that discharged from our transitional living made progress on their counseling goals. Well, what does that mean? Sure. You know, <laughs> um, so there's, sometimes there's a vagueness. But I think what we do like seeing is that 77% had made progress on or had completed a program of educational advancement. Okay. So they've you know, gotten their GED, maybe they're at an area tech school or a beauty school or one of those kinds of programs that, again, they're interested, they're moving ahead, mm -hmm. they're doing those things. 71% had met the job development and attainment goals. So that means they're out there. They've, they've gotten a job. Maybe they've struggled with it, struggled with keeping it, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. but, but they were able to do those things with and they, they persevered, they, mm -hmm. they had that motivation that you're talking about. Right, okay. right. We also um, regularly at our shelter, you know, score in the 90 percentile of, you know, youth that are able to get someplace safe upon discharge, whether it's back home because mm -hmm. we've had family sessions and been able to work on the reunification aspect or to go to that 
cousin's house or grandma's house or, you know, even a friend of the family that that might be a safe alternative for them. Well, I appreciate you having, I know it's, as you said, sometimes the stats can mean one thing or another, but I think it's important to understand that help is out there and it's available. And for anyone listening, of course, use those resources that are out there because you can be more successful. Let's step away from the numbers and more to the personal side. Uh, Do you have a a story or two that that really stands out to you? Again, I know you've worked with a lot of individuals, I'm sure, but is there some some person or just some situation that happened that you just feel like either encompasses it or is just so memorable to you for whatever reason, just something you could share with us? Well, I think, um, you know, one that comes to mind, we have a a young man that came to us very close to his 18th birthday um, to the shelter kind of didn't know what was going on, but knew, oh my goodness, I'm turning 18 really quickly. (laughs) And we were able to refer him. You know, he still had some time, so couldn't go right into our insights program, which is the young adult program, able to refer him. And um, he then was able to show that he was motivated and follow through and advocate for himself to get into the program is graduating um, living on his own, has a job, baby, just arrived a few <laughs> weeks ago. But those kinds of successes we like to see where it's all coming together. Right. They're working hard at doing what they need to do because those are the ones then when the year, year and a half is up that we can say, yep, we trust that he's going to be able to be self-sufficient and move on from here Right. Um, and do what he needs to do. So that's just one instance where here was somebody who was able to bridge from one of our programs to the next um, and be successful at it. I think you brought up an interesting point there, too, how he came in sort of right before that idea of adulthood, you know, hitting 18 for, mm-hmm. for anyone, no matter what your situation, you feel like, okay, where am I going? Do you hear back a lot from from people that have come in? Do you do you try to keep in touch or does the group at all? I mean, is there any sort of... I'm um, doing this as long as I have. Uh, it definitely comes up every now and then. Okay. I've been lucky to have connected with some young adults years after. Mm -hmm. I recently actually had another young lady that I worked with over 10 years ago just look me up. Oh, really? (laughs) It helps that I'm back at the same agency, (laughs) but um, be able to say, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I'm graduating from college and and those kinds of things. So that we don't always see it. Right. We don't always get those rewards, especially in the shelter where we might have 10 days with a youth and never see them again. Mm-hmm. So we don't always know the end result with that youth, but it's really rewarding when we do hear that feedback. Um, I was at a festival recently on my own time and a parent came up to me, you know, I rem- I recognize you. Who are you? <laughs> are you a therapist? Oh my goodness. You know, and, right. and those kinds of things. So um, it is really interesting to, to see that response and um, have the families and the youth give you that feedback. Right. No, that's great. I think it's always great to hear those stories. Uh, we're getting a little low on time, but I wanted to ask about um, as far as prevention, you talked about that being a part of it as well. Um, maybe some of the efforts that that Walker's Point Youth um, sort of takes and also maybe some future thoughts on uh, maybe where you go with it or how, how you can help or other people can help as well. Okay. Yeah, we have prevention in some different ways. We have a family support and empowerment program that is our primary prevention, and it provides groups to youth in the community, mostly at schools, as well as for families scattered out throughout the community. That program is called the Nurturing Program, and it's offered both for English-speaking and Spanish-speaking families. And it's a way to really try to 
kind of nip some behaviors in the bud with families, talking about roles, rules, respect, boundaries, you know, those kinds of things to mm-hmm. bring the family kind of back on track. We also have uh, the Street Beat outreach team that, you know, looks at prevention in a totally different way, um, <laughs> hands out condoms, gives resources for um, medical as well as, you know, pregnancy prevention, as well as hygiene and housing resources and all that kind of stuff. Again, to those youth that aren't going to necessarily show up at our door. Mm -hmm. We have another important component that you never really hear much about is the behind the scenes, the volunteers. We would not be able to do the work we do without volunteers, Mm -hmm. um, both at an adult level and peers. So we have youth 14 and up that come into our shelter and hang out with the kids that are staying there. They might have been previous residents themselves Mm -hmm. um, who have experienced what it's like to stay at the shelter, or they're just area teens looking to give back to the community and help out. And then we have this tremendous pool of adult volunteers that help us out by providing services that we might have to pay more staff to do (laughs) if we didn't have them. So doing intakes, crisis calls, cooking meals, mm-hmm. uh, hanging out with the kids, playing basketball, playing board games. Things that some movies. of us wouldn't even think of matter. Right. Really exactly. does matter exactly. at this level. Yeah. And, you know, volunteering is always the first step to even job attainment. So, mm-hmm. Good point. you know, when we've had issues with kids struggling to find a job, well, why don't you go volunteer someplace? Mm-hmm. You know, you get a reference that way. <laughs> sure. You get somebody saying, hey, they can show up on time. They can do what they need to do. They, you know, they'll take instruction, um, (laughs) those kinds of things. We also, part of our volunteer pool also comes from the area universities for people doing internships and field placements in counseling programs, social work programs, those kinds of areas of concentration. So, um, yeah, we would not be able to do any of our programs really without some aspect of volunteerism. Right. I appreciate you bringing up that aspect of it because, uh, I mean, a lot of our listeners do want to get involved like that, whether it's on, on this level or, or wherever it might be. And an excellent, right. excellent point about uh, volunteering being a great segue into actually having a job and right. a career and those skills that you talk about. So I do appreciate that. Um, we are unfortunately out of time. I want to give you the opportunity, though, for those curious, interested in getting in, t- in touch. Um, how can they do that? Um, basically, a main number to call would be 414-647-8200. Um, That is our direct uh, shelter and crisis line. But if you want to know about any of these other programs that I've talked about, it's a great place to start as well. It's 24 hours, you know, 24-7 phone coverage. So it's probably the best number to call. And you are online, I I imagine, in some capacity. Somebody can search for you and find you. Walkerspoint.org. All right, perfect. Well, unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on this edition of Community Concepts. Again, we've been talking about how some organizations across the country, in this case, Walker's Point Youth and Family Center in Milwaukee, are trying to help really teens, family, anyone they can uh, improve their quality of life. And ideally, we're talking about as well gaining skills and knowledge and, uh, you know, really the personality traits that help you along for a successful career. Our guest today has been Lori Rungi. She's the program director at Walker's Point Youth and Family Center. Lori, thanks again for coming on, sharing your experiences. We did really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks a lot. And for all of you listening out there, if you do have any comments or suggestions, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any thoughts related to this podcast or any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 